In recent days, the plight of the people of Ukraine has attracted the concern of the world. With heart-rending stories and news of casualties, there's a widespread desire to help. Today, I'm going to find out about the wider Ukrainian community and how you can help with Bitcoin. My guests are leading an initiative that aims to raise $20,000 initially through the sale of NFTs on the Bitcoin SV blockchain. So I'd like to welcome Adam Hawley and Yuri Perutko. Hi, gentlemen. Thanks for having us. Hello, good morning. You're listening to CoinGeek Conversations with Charles Miller. Let me start with the specifics here, and we'll we'll why we'll work back to the the bigger political questions. Adam, what what exactly are people invited to do if they want to take part in this initiative? It's basically an initiative to um, you're going to get a digital keepsake for donating to a cause where people are in need. So you're basically getting a digital NFT keepsake that you'll be able to hold on to. It'll be locked into the blockchain. Maybe, you know, you hand it down. Maybe you trade it off. Maybe it's just something you keep for your collection. But really, in the end of the day, 100% of the proceeds of the purchase are going directly to the charity, which Yuri linked me to. And Yuri was the one that came to my mind because, as as he has said, um, being from Philadelphia, he was one of the Ukrainians that I knew. And I said, you know what, we need to do something here. Right. So Yuri, what is actually going to happen to the money that people donate or spend in buying these NFTs? Sure. So it, it's, you know, uh, my my direct tie, being a fifth generation Ukrainian American, my direct tie to the Ukrainian American community is actually through sport, uh, which is kind of my link to Adam. We linked up together in the 1980s through the skateboarding community, and we've stayed in touch ever since. And uh, so sport has been a vehicle in my life for a whole lot of different things. And one of the things that I've got is, you know, our soccer club, which has got a 75-year history uh, here in the United States, was founded by Ukrainian-American immigrants. And in the 1950s and the 1960s, we were America's team. We were the U.S. national team and we were the U.S. Olympic team. So we've been involved in international politics through sport for a very long time. And most recently, with the tragic events of this just uh, you know, un, unsolicited, absolute act of aggression by Putin and the Russians. You know, we, 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 as the Ukrainian American Sport Club, Prism, we've got 52 teams and over 800 families that are part of the club. And we've gotten such an outpouring that we were like, we need to organize to do some fundraising. And our natural organization that we went to is called Zudak. It's the Ukrainian American Relief Committee based here out of Philadelphia, founded in 1945, which tells you the length of the history of how the suffering of the Ukrainian people has been here, that we needed a committee for 70 some odd years, you know, to provide relief to Ukrainians uh, in the diaspora and in Ukraine in and of itself uh, as a suffering people. But this has been so compelling. The, the people have come out of every aspect that you can imagine. And in doing so, when Adam reached out to me, immediately I knew what organization that we're going to support. And I'm going to tell you this, we ourselves, we are a non-political organization. 
You know, we've used sport as uh, a, a uniting factor in youth growth and development. And this is something that's rare for us as an organization because the politics of Eastern Europe are like a stew, you know, it's just, it's very difficult and it's always moving and changing, you know, and we as an organization, our club itself is 75 years old. We've stepped outside of politics and we've used sport just to highlight the Ukrainian culture, the Ukrainian people and the Ukrainian community here in the United States. Well, Adam, I've seen the uh, the NFT artwork on your NF, uh, NFT Familiars site. Can you just tell me a little bit about that, the actual artwork, and and what the context is on this site where there's other artwork for sale? Basically, uh, the artwork came about quickly um, because the project had to come about quickly. I basically searched and found images um, that I felt would represent the feeling I was having. So I asked Yuri quickly for an image, which he sent me the coat of arms. When I noticed the coat of arms, I then found a picket fence painted in that color. The picket fence then reminded me of the people standing. And then I also took the statue of the woman with the sword as my kind of depiction of what I would think would be like the spirit standing behind this fence, like of, you know, everyday citizens that are just automatically forced into a war zone. So I figured it was kind of like they needed this guiding spirit kind of thing. And, and the picket fence, you know, is a little bit worn. It's a little bit tattered. It was painted by someone, you know, designed by someone, not myself, you know, it was a free image, but it, it was something that I saw as um, worthy of using in this situation. And hopefully those things can all channel together and, and, you know, make this effort worth it because I, I mean, it's, it's $20,000 to a lot of individuals. It's a drop in the bucket. They could purchase all 200 at a luncheon that they've spent in the past. So to me, it's, it's a drop in the bucket. And, and I see it as also as it's a lot, you know, it, it's also like for some people, a hundred dollars is food all week. So a hundred dollars is a lot. So I, I was hoping for more or less just to, to get an outpouring of people that that could see and and want to directly help immediately this nft enables that your money goes directly within minutes into that account into those people's hands into this channel whereas if you sit home and watch your tv and send it could take days weeks months yuri you you talked about your your ukrainian heritage what do you have in the way of living connections in the country today, if anything? Um, it, it, it's uh, it, it, as much as I've got family here throughout the United States, being that many generations removed, Ukrainians are a close knit community. I have second cousins in Lviv where uh, mistakenly our uh, administration moved the capital uh from Kyiv, they moved our embassy, you know, in a panic uh, to Lviv in Western Ukraine, ostensibly giving Putin permission to invade the Eastern part of the country. But I don't want to talk politics because <laughs> politics and religion aren't mentioned in polite company. But um, the city of Lviv itself uh, has a multi-ethnic population and it's a representation of Ukraine itself. As, you know, in 1991, when Ukrainians wanted to launch a democracy, 
you know, the folks that people are saying, wow, you know, but there's a lot of these pro-Russian Ukrainians that want to bring in the Russians. That's false. Under the Soviet era and under the Soviet yoke, Stalin removed uh, Ukrainian towns, cities, uh, villages, and replaced the people with Russians, ethnic Russians. And those are who the people are sympathetic. And in 91, the Ukrainians, in their attempt to launch a perfect democracy, which is, you know, you and I all know that's impossible, but uh, they had the option to uh, expel these non-native, these non-Ukrainians from the Ukrainian independent country, and they decided to keep them. And unfortunately, this has been used against the Ukrainians over their history since 1991 uh, with the annexation of Crimea, the distortions of the uh, treaties that the United States has had when Ukraine decided to give up its nuclear arsenal uh, for protection from the West and specifically from the United States, whereas you can see it's been bastardized and dare I say fake news or propagandized that this is an internal thing and this, these Ukrainians want the Russians inside. And it, quite frankly, we've proven that we don't with the activity of the Ukrainians against the Russians right now. So my family, do we have contact? Yes, I'm in touch with these folks. Uh, luckily, we've got a lot of initiatives that are keeping uh, on the technology community that are keeping the links up. We are in contact with folks uh, in Ukraine, in Kyiv, uh, as we speak this morning. They're, they're, they're telling jokes, okay? This is the mood in Kyiv today. I was calling a friend of mine, and he said, oh, by the way, Zelensky finally got through on a call with Putin. They're going to start talking peace, and the negotiations are starting. And Zelensky, in his history as a comedian and as an actor, asked Putin, Vladimir, do you mind if I lighten the mood and tell a joke? And Vladimir Putin says, yes. And he goes, Kyiv. Putin sits there, waits a minute. I don't get it. He goes, and you never will. And he hangs up the phone. So that's the joke. That's the joke. And that's the mood in a besieged city. You know, so it's just unbelievable what's occurring right now. So my family, are they okay? Are some of the people dead? I'm going to say yes, because we haven't heard from some of the people that, uh, you know, that are out there. But, you know, we're crying and we're doing everything we can here to support everything. Well, there's, there's so much to say about what's going on in Ukraine today. And I want to just focus back a little bit on the the particular project we're talking about here, because I, I want to ask Adam, NFTs seem to me to offer a way that the technology world of Bitcoin and all the sort of complicated and rather kind of unemotional stuff associated with technology, there's a kind of bridge here to the world that you're interested in, which is community and culture and so on. And tell me a little bit about, do you, do you agree with that? And, and what do you, where do you think that is going now? No, I completely agree. And, and, what it does is it, it puts a direct connection, which is what I was saying earlier, it directly channels it. So, so this, you know, in me pushing my launch back and enabling me to push this charity forward just shows that about this. Like you, you want to build a community and that this allows this new form of cryptocurrency, blockchain technology building and and integration allows for these things to happen that where 
virtually impossible in the 90s. You know, you couldn't do these types of things. It, it, it would take way too long to process and so forth. So now the things that, you know, building this community with, with different NFTs and around different causes as well. Like this is our first thing we've brought out, which is a charity cause. I also think, um, you know, blockchain BSV is going to help with commercial aspect of integrating community. I also think it'll help with, you know, different um, mental aspects. Like I have um, traumatic brain injuries. So I've, I've suffered too many concussions. So I want to build, I have a, a series coming out, which is a migraine series. So from that NFT holder, they'll have access to this community on this website build out that will enable them to maybe go and maybe we'll have guest speakers that will speak about, you know, different things and, or we'll have, you know, features of coping mechanisms or, you know, immediate reach outs and blockchain technology enables that. I mean, I'm, I go back rather a long way to the days of the internet boom. And it, this somewhat reminds me of those early days where when you joined up with a, a, an internet service provider, you were encouraged to create your own family website. And there were things like MySpace, and there was just a kind of blossoming of individual creativity. And it seems that possibly the NFTs are pointing us in the same direction, do you think? I, I completely agree that that has that same feel. You know, having grown up, on the lower rungs of the OSI pyramid in transport networking in that era when telecom was opening up and broadband was not yet a thing, but we were building the internet, the, the, the actual networking side. I have what you described is absolutely correct. I have that same tingly feeling of that occurring. And that's why when Adam approached me with this, Adam approached me with a concept um, in it's something where in Adam's career, he's been involved with skateboarding and boarding in a variety of different capacities and the channels have changed, but the spirit, that independent spirit, that artistic expressive spirit that connected us, uh, in the early 1980s, as we were children back then, do you know what I mean? It connected us, but it shaped and formed us because that community that we built Okay, that skateboarding community shaped our growth and development into adulthood and to, into our own families as we're building them now. And it's interesting because we had a little bit of a iconoclastic punk rock attitude throughout all of this. And all, a lot of us that are in this community, it's been a community without a fence, without a wall, without a link. And it's because it's been through that independent expression through our skateboarding that really bonded us. Do you know what I mean? We were such a polyglot crew of everybody, every race, every language. We, you know, we had people running around. We couldn't communicate, but we could express with skating and how we did it all throughout the city of Philadelphia and South Jersey. And that's why the NFT company is called NFT Familiar because Adam's building another larger community simply named Familiar. Are you familiar? This gives us that feeling, that brand that we're putting yeah. together. Adam's familiar is exactly what you're talking about. Because familiar comes from family. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> and, 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 yeah, and provocative. Yeah. 
And we are a family. And, and it's basically know? all the familiarities. It's the familiarities yep. of everything. It's it's the connectivity of everything. It's it's the the blockchain and this NFT is going to be able to through the different NFTs put everyone in their own familiarity space and make them feel comfortable and and you know at at small increments you know enable themselves to grow at whatever pace they they wish you know which which is awesome with things like you know money button or or different ways to immediately exchange cash so the live events and the things that could be possible uh, it it's it seems limitless at this point and like yuri said we came together as skateboarders in the 80s as all of the the different individuals we were different individuals then it, it wasn't really a cool thing to do so there was people from every level of wealth and every different race so we didn't really run thinking oh this guy's here this guy's this this guy's that we thought this guy did this trick this guy did that trick this guy did this trick and through life we've now learned that a lot of the people that we met in that little tight knit have grown into superstars so now these superstars don't really pay attention to the technology like because we're all in our 40s and 50s we're more focused on family or life or other things but for me, this technology enables a way to put us all in that virtual space again. So um, it's it's a natural transition for me. The NFT thing is is just uh, for me like a lightning rod to connect all of all of the different groups that I throughout the world that I've connected with through this skateboarding and snowboarding community. But um, just to just to clarify, uh, Adam, what is the what is the link between NFT familiars, which you're about to launch, and Fabrique, which is where you buy the the NFTs. Is it are they separate entities, or is it part of the same thing? Uh, they're completely they're completely separate entities. Um, Fabrique basically is bringing me into the digital world, and NFT familiars is my own creation. It'll start out small as a basic website where there's merchandise offered and the people with the nfts are offered discounts because they on the merchandise that's on the site so to start out small in that way and build into this structure because I, i'm i'm ground floor you know i'm not backed up i'm i'm operating from myself on myself as you can probably notice from my surroundings i'm even building my own home here so um i'm active in a lot of different things but um this what what fabric has done for me is brought me back to a place where i think i can reassemble a large group of people and put together a lot of people that are normally untouchable and make them familiar to people so one thing just to note this is probably the best uh, uh video call i've ever had with adam he's in rural vermont okay he's literally in the northeast kingdom and in rural vermont just at the base of jay mountain and um, to, just to kind of point out, um, Adam, Adam himself, he's very humble, will never tell you this, but Adam was a very significant force in skateboarding from the 80s on. The brands that he built uh, in the skateboarding community for uh, equipment manufacturer and all of the merchandise around it was named Failure. He's a bit of a celebrity in the uh, skateboarding community, but not in the kind of celebrity that's, uh, you know, the... Uh, uh, iconic like uh, Pele or uh, or uh, you know what I mean Ronaldo. 
he's kind of what the kids actually say when they're skating and talking about because he's a you know grassroots guy. Do you know what I mean? And it's something where um, you know just to to me even growing up. Adam and that, that group was on another level. I mean, they were our superstars here locally, you know, and, you know, the fact that those superstars and the hoi polloi, you know, mixed like we do that, what, 40 years later, 30 years later, here we are still knit together, shows you that familiar community. And, you know, what Adam's building there and, and how he's building it out. We're gonna we're gonna make rural Vermont a, a destination for some of this. That's gonna be pretty amazing, and the tools that Fabrique gives us, and the you know everything that Adams just described is really a platform that allows you know us to get beyond the sort of yoke that we're kind of stuck in. Do you know what I mean? To reach out into that Coinbase world that uh, is sort of on that you know it's. Just got its manifest destiny dictated to it, and let's go take over the world. <laughs> That's brilliant. Well, look, I should let you gentlemen go, but I'd like to just offer the last word to Yuri. Uh, would you like to just say briefly something to anyone who's watching this about how they, how you would like them to contribute, or or why they should contribute sure. to to the cause? I, you, could I also add that, like, could you add some Ukrainian text into this as well? Like, could 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 you speak some Ukrainian, Yuri, for like just for the record, like just so you have some something to work with, some well, Ukrainian well, sure. audio? I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, in, in, in the last word, you know, the easiest thing I tell everybody, people don't understand that the simplest little acts make the biggest difference. Every little thing counts. Every little thing counts in support. You know, uh, just keep 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 the Ukrainian people in your thoughts and your prayers. Uh, you know, buy a Ukrainian flag and hoist it up there. Do you know what I mean? Let people know everything counts. Every little bit counts. That's really my parting word. And in Ukrainian, you know, it, it's kind of easy. People say glory to Ukraine or Slava Ukraine. And Slava Ukraine, the response people say is heroim Slava. Glory to our heroes. So Slava Ukraine, Heroim Slava. And the other chant that the Ukrainians have always had that's a, a, a call to arms, so to speak, is something that's really, it's a complex idea in one word. And it's always looking toward the future. And it, it, it really is, a lot of times people start these chances by saying, hey, hey, budmo, hey, budmo, hey. Hey, you can understand what that means. Uh, it's universal. Budmo is we will be. It's a chance towards the future. So Budmo, you know, and that's just powerful in and of itself. That's brilliant. Well, we've learned we've learned a lot. Um, learned a little tiny bit of Ukrainian, but I've learned a lot from both of you, gentlemen. So thank you both very much for your time today and, and all we're, the very we're honored, best. We're honored that you even paid attention to what we're doing. You know what I mean? So this is, this is just, it's too much. We're humbled. Well, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure and privilege. Yes. Uh, yep. I absolutely okay. feel the same way. I feel humbled by you and I've uh, watched several of your videos just to ramp myself up a little bit. And uh, I can see myself watching several or a lot more of them because it's uh, <laughs> very interesting and you're very informative. And I, I just can't believe I'm sitting here with you right now. I'm thankful, <laughs> appreciative. And uh, well, 
Maybe in the future we'll talk again. You are really too kind, but I really appreciate it. And yes, I really hope we'll we'll speak again and perhaps even meet one day. But uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for today. Thank you and goodbye. Thank you so much. Very many thanks to Adam Hawley and Yuri Peritko. All the details of their NFT are in the show notes, together with a link to a CoinGeek article with more information about their Ukraine project. Next week, I'll be hearing about the London BSV incubator Satoshi Block Dojo from its COO, Osmin Kallis. So please join me and Osmin then. But for now, thanks for listening and goodbye.